around your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Everybody, welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Ken Miller Show here on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Ken Miller, Sergio Dip, taking you right up until 2 o'clock here today. A busy show, Zubin Mahente joins us at 1220. Mitch Sherman covers the Big 12 for ESPN.com. He chimes in about 1240. John Miller, Hawkeye Nation 120. And uh, then to the NFL with Vinny Iyer, our, one of our weekly contributors uh, with the sporting news. Lots to get to. Monday night football in the wee hours, although I, <laughs> it's not going to lie to you. I did not see the fourth quarter, the near comeback uh, by the Los Angeles Chargers. But overall, pretty good uh, Monday night of football with the double dip, uh, if you will. Trent Condon's here. Sergio's not. But boy, oh boy, <laughs> did he break Twitter last night, Trent. It's just one of those moments. It's like, oh, my God. You know, the whole broadcast, Rex Ryan didn't do anybody any favors, mm. I didn't think. He he knows the game, clearly. He just doesn't have the, the, the delivery, right? It's like maybe they needed to turn his mic up or whatever it was, but... You know, but with uh, Sergio, Beth, and Rex, that was not uh, one of the NFL's most shining moments. Not the A-team. Let's go back to Brad Nessler when he was calling the second game back in the day. I love Sergio. I love that kid. Do you? I, I thought it was Where awesome. Where does his career go? Because they didn't put him back on the air, you know. They didn't. Um, I think it goes far. He handled it incredibly well. After the afterwards, you mean? Right, yeah. right away. He uh, tweeted. I don't know within a half hour. So you you're following him now on Twitter? Well, I saw people retweeted gotcha, it, and gotcha. then I got it, and it was just uh, a couple of emojis, a little peace sign, I and did a smiley see that. face. I didn't get what that meant. Is yeah, that it was just it was? like okay. kind of saying hi to everybody. Yeah, yeah I, I see you're okay. all talking about me. Okay. And then afterwards, after My the age game, is showing yeah. apologies. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're not deep into emojis, is what <laughs> right. you're saying. And then afterwards, he did two minutes back in his hotel room, you know, explaining. And and at first, when you first see it, I didn't realize that he wasn't Native American, that he was a guy Mm -hmm. that grew up in Mexico. This Mm -hmm. is a second language. Right, he now was put, it's pretty apparent. And he was put in an incredibly difficult spot. Well, put a, and that's ESPN's got to yeah. take, some, uh, take some blame here, Trent. Right. This is the first time, has anybody ever seen Sergio Dip prior to last night? I had not, no. I, I know I had, and I watched. We, a lot we of watch a lot of sports. We both do, um, and, and this was. I mean, what what an awkward spot. You know what? We're going to put you on Monday Night Football, national TV audience, and um, do your thing, kid. I mean, cost saving measure because they have the ESPN Deportes now on ESPN oh, two. They do yep. So I'm yep. Sur- sure he was a sideline reporter for that. They just said, "Oh, the heck with it. He can do both." Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best idea, ESPN. We don't need to find uh, a clone for Michelle Tafoya. Right, She's right. going to do the early show, and I think she lives in the Twin Cities. She does. Early game. Yep. And then uh, we'll put Sergio Dip on. But boy, Twitter trend. I- I'll be honest with you. Uh, at-, at poor Sergio's expense, I went to. I don't know, you search Sergio, whatever you call it, search Sergio uh, Dip on on Twitter, and then you go to the latest button, and where you can read everybody that's <laughs> tweeting about, I laughed so hard I that, I, that I could hardly watch the game. And, and wife, it was your team. And it was my team. Um, <laughs> it is, it, which it's, I thought it was the game was going to be a laugher after the first three quarters, but uh, thank God I didn't see the uh, the comeback or the near comeback. But um, yeah, yeah, I felt bad for Dip last night. I really did. He wants another chance. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he'll get it. Do you think he will? I think he will. I think he will. I think uh, this is something that is because of the way that he handled it. I think this is going to turn out to be a very positive. I could see him 
go through the car wash, do all yeah. the ESPN radio stuff, you know, kind of explain things. And, and like I said, you know, his response is two minutes afterwards back in the hotel room, you know, talking about his first day of school in America was on 9-11 15 years prior. Was it really? First in California, and yeah. Mexican immigrant being there, what 9-11 meant. He apologized if he offended anybody for he just he didn't had, offend anybody. No, no, but he handled it so well. That's good. good I think for him. Sergio Dip is going to be a name that we're we're going to see a lot more as opposed to him just fade into the sunset. If nothing else, maybe Dancing with the Stars, right? Right. right. Yeah. No. Uh, poor the poor Dipster. <laughs> that was well, that was awkward. No, it was. You know what? Did did here? Um, boom goes the dynamite guy. Ever get a job? I think he did. So if Boom goes the dynamite and get right. a job, Dip's going to be fine. Remember, that kid saying. was in college. It was a college production that mm-hmm. somebody found, and then, of course, it blew up on the Internet, as, as things are wont to do. This one, a little bigger stage, and I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, this was better than Boom goes the dynamite. Not much, though. Yeah. Much. Well, you know what? The, the last night was also, I think it was the 10, no, the, excuse me, Sunday night was the 10-year anniversary of... Miss South Carolina with the maps. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Which that's what it reminded me of. Was it, what was her line? Everybody's got maps or some? No, some people don't have maps. Um, if if you think back to such her, as everything, such as right. Um, but yeah, poor Sergio Deb. All right, to the games themselves, and you know what? I want to start in the Twin Cities. Uh, there's never been. Okay, I'm getting way ahead of myself. There, there's never been a team that is that is building hosts the Super Bowl plays in that Super Bowl. The Vikings play in a division that still, you'll find the Green Bay Packers residing there. And the Lions looked good against Arizona, although I'm not sure what Arizona is at this point. Uh, I think Carson Palmer's window is shut, and now David Johnson, my God. Let, you know, real quick on that, because uh, I don't play fantasy football. Mm-hmm. You and I talked off air. He was the consensus number one pick, right? So Number one across the if board. You, if you were fortunate enough to, whether you, whether you had the same guys back, uh, and and because you sucked last year, you get the number one pick, or you just randomly selected, and some guy gets the number one. You had to be giddy going into 2017 that you had the opportunity to select a running back because it's still the most coveted spot in fantasy football, and David Johnson was going to be your guy. A guy that was talking about having a 1,000 yards rushing and receiving this year. What a dynamite player he is, mm-hmm. and just like that, dislocated wrist. Till Thanksgiving, Trent, is what, uh, by all accounts, that's the best-case timeline. Mm-hmm. Back it's to the Thanksgiving. You uh you had Arizona in the playoffs. I had Arizona in the playoffs. I did, yeah. I would love to be able to revisit that in week number two. Yeah, but you know what? Carson no one, Palmer looked bad. Yeah, he really did. And and no one's listening to me anymore for my NFL takes <laughs> after my Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Woo. That was awful. That was awful. And you know what? I don't think this is just a one week out of the gate stumble. How do you fix that? Andy Dalton's had a decent offensive line throughout his career and has put up no, he has. average numbers, but yeah. above average numbers. But this offensive line is not good. No. And uh, I was one of the people that was buying the Joe Mixon hype. Me too. In fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not looking good there. He had, I think, uh, three points for me last week. It's it's not looking good for that Cincinnati call. And you talked me into it. I know. Top, I you you talked me part. into it. Right. That's the worst part. But, you know, speaking of offensive lines and bad offensive lines, there wasn't a worse offensive line in football last year than the Minnesota Vikings. Last night. I mean, you're taking – this is unheard of. You replaced – Denver's offensive line, I think, was 31st. Vikings were thirty second. Mm-hmm. Denver replaced the left hand. Uh, the Denver replaced well four guys, but but the Vikings went one step further and blew everybody out. They were tremendous last night. When was the last time you saw Sam Bradford had that type of game? Oh, at Oklahoma, probably. I mean, he he was so good. 
and the throws that he made, that one throw to Thielen, to left to right uh, as you're watching it, it was for a first down. It's probably mm-hmm. 15. Yeah, it had to be to Thielen. Yeah. It, it, I don't know if you can make a better throw in football than that throw. It was, was that the one that he got perfect. clocked on? Yes, yes, and just dropped and it in coming. the yep. pocket. I, hey, Bradford's a talented guy. We've known this. It was mm-hmm. it's been health for him. Right. Last year set the NFL record for completion percentage. Well, it was all dump downs. I mean, that's, sure. That's all it was because it was one step get rid of it because that's all they could do with that offensive no time. line. Yep. Now, little offensive mm-hmm. line. Riley Reef played really he well. He did. Yeah, he really did. I felt like it was a and bit Iceland of a stretch. Rookie center too. Yes, he. I mean, he getting out there on the screen plays. Yep. And Dalvin Cook, he's he's not Legit, overly athletic, he? but boy, speed though. He's, he's just a football player. No, but when he turns it up, and, and he he's got one he's got one of those gears that you love if you're a fan of a team uh, that needs a that has a running back like that. When you can put it in one more gear and leave guys behind. One more thing about the Vikings, though, that defense is back. It's salty, aren't you know. It? Anthony Barr last year he regressed in a big way, mm-hmm. and even Kendricks wasn't mm-hmm. what he'd been before. Boy, he uh, Kendricks was flying to the ball last night. Yeah. They they were really good. But and Xavier Rhodes will shut down one side of the field. Trey Waynes to me has to take another. And Harrison Smith said oh, he's, he's yes. an All Pro. He's not a Pro Bowler. He's an All Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, uh, Terrence Newman's thirty nine, and, and he looks at he does he, he, last night a couple of times. Well, there's Ted guys he's going to make guys look yes, like that yeah. though. Yeah, there's guys like Ted Ginn. He just can't guard right at this point in his career. Right, and that's what the other teams are looking for that matchup mm-hmm. when they get it. But you're right. You know, if Waynes can be even serviceable, you know, be a top twenty-five cornerback, look out. Yes, I agree. With what they have up front, you know, they they love Jaleel Johnson. He doesn't even get playing time right now mm-hmm. because they're so deep up front. The linebackers playing well, and maybe we can revisit those Vikings again. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, they, they, look, they still have to. The, the Green Bay home and home clearly going to decide the North this year. Although the I keep going back to the Lions, but again, oh, I want to tap the brakes a little bit because the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not sure what they beat, I guess, Trent. And mm-hmm. Stafford was really good, and but he's always really good for the most part. So fun night of football last night. Denver puts one in the win column. They beat the Chargers. They tried to give away the game late. Uh, again, I'm only going by highlights here in the fourth quarter because I turned in. I couldn't you, take it. You didn't more. DVR it and watch it when you woke up? You know up? what? I forgot to. I went, oh, okay. I went to the, uh, to my list on my on DirecTV today thinking that I did that, but sure. apparently I didn't do that. So, um, you know, pilot error on my part, right? <laughs> <laughs> that one stinks, yeah. Uh, I did not make it either. Uh, as well, you were sick. I, I was I was surprised how long I made it. Made it to second half, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I had to cash in the chips from there. But yeah, uh, a fun night of football. That double dip, it was good. And Beth Moens, for what she had around her, I thought she did. She was much better than she normally is at the can't 11 o'clock. Stand her talking. Yeah. I just can't. St- and that's. <laughs> okay, well, that's going to hurt, Ken, because that's what she's on TV to do. <laughs> right. right? right. Um, with Rex Ryan, with Sergio for a moment on the sidelines, and yeah. that it, she was so much. Because the thing that always annoys me during when she calls an 11 o'clock Iowa game on ESPN2 mm-hmm. is the things that she messes up, just simple things. Calling Kirk Ferentz Hayden Fry. Remember that one I a year ago? That, yeah. And her delivery, the way she draws her R's out, I call her the pirate. And you know what Twitter did last night, too? Did Yard, they? Yards. 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 And my wife said maybe she should just be the full-time uh, play-by-play announcer for the Buccaneers. I, I got a kick out of that one. My wife with a one-liner last night. Yeah, no, that's not bad. With Beth Bowens. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, but look, uh, one week in the, in the books NFL, we'll get to the college game. Plenty of time to talk about that, and we're, and we're going to clearly. Um, what do you know after week one of the NFL? Hmm. I mean, it's the biggest it's overreaction. overreaction. It's right. overreaction. You only get 16 of them. 
that's that's where we're at, and I don't want to overreact. I'm not throwing dirt on the Patriots. That would be silly to do. Yeah. So let's stay away Remember from that. Remember when they went in on a Monday night and got beat by Kansas City? Yes, and, yeah. and it was the newspapers where Brady has done all these right. things. So I'm not going to do that. that. Actually, they were they asked Bill Belichick if he's thinking <laughs> about to, you know making a change of quarterback. Was that the we're on to Cincinnati? Yes. Wait, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That what a great press. No, awesome line. Uh, Kansas City. I'm not ready to go all in. I was a little bit more down than you were on them. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to go there. Maybe it's the Vikings that I'm going to overreact to the most. Are you still buying the Giants? Because I know you picked the Giants in the NFC East. Uh, I still am. That defense is good. Yep. They they had no help. And with no Odell Beckham. That's, that's a blow. Yep, I'm not mm-hmm. going to overreact. They get an extra day for him to come back to. They play Monday night right. this week against the Lions. So that'll say a lot. The Lions beat them there. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to have to reconfigure. Maybe the Eagles are better than we were given credit for. Yeah, Carson Wentz that, had a nice game. That was an impressive performance. Yep, Got off to Redskins. a nice start last year and then faded. Yeah, that's a good point. If he can do that again this year, maybe it is a three-team race mm-hmm. out there. The Redskins, uh, maybe not so yeah. much. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's fair. Um, I do. You know, um, just back to the early game, the Adrian Peterson returned to U.S. Bank Stadium to the city that um, – on a night they retired Randy Moss's jersey or eight number eighty four or honored him in the ring of ring of fame. Uh, it was kind of ironic that um, th- you know that one day Adrian P- Peterson twenty eight will be in the same spot as eighty four is. Trendy six carries eighteen yards and nine of them were on his first carry of the game and then just watching him on the sidelines and he's just steam was coming out of his ears. He wanted back in the football game so badly. But there's two guys ahead of him that yeah. depth chart. And you know what? Charles Woodson I thought made a really good point at halftime. He was also actually he was pleading for for Adrian Peterson. The Giants need a running back. You know, make this happen type oh, of thing. Oh, yeah. I, I still think he's got some tread left, but he's just not going to see the field in the current situation that he's in. It, not in that offense. Not the way that Sean Payton runs things. And throughout time, you know, when they've had good running backs, it has been multiple backs. I mean, mm-hmm. they were one of the first teams that started to go that route when it started to become in vogue, what, six, seven years ago, going with different guys that can do different things. Adrian Peterson, if he stays there around this year, he's healthy for the whole year. What's he get? 150 carries? Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe. 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 I mean, that's a shade under 10 a game. And right. that's. That I may might be, take the under on that. Yeah. I mean, that might be best case scenario is 150 mm-hmm. for him. So, yeah, the Giants would make a ton of sense there. It was disappointing to see him, though, seething back behind Sean Payton, right. you know. You knew what you were signing. And and they were looking for that, too. And he said afterwards, no, there's no friction here. There's no problem. You know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. I understand the heat of the moment, all those things. But you're a veteran. Well, and they did throw him a bone, too, because, remember, he started the game. Yes, yeah. And that was going to be a big talker. And one of the first two carries was a nice carry. Absolutely. It was his his best carry of the night. Went for nine yards, and that that was it. All right, we'll take a timeout. Zubin Mahente ESPN is coming up next. We will talk to Zubin still to come this hour. Mitch Sherman, ESPN.com. He covers the Big 12. Uh, Plenty of football conversation coming up next. We do have to find a little. It's baseball the next two nights, Trent. It is. No football till Thursday, and Thursday's game's a stinker. Cincinnati, Houston. Ooh, that's, I mean, and, and it's so bad that who has the early? Is it CBS has the early simulcast or NBC? Well, whoever, the, the, no one does this week. It's it's NFL Network only, oh. standalone. We'll take a timeout. Zuba Mahente coming up next. John Miller, Hawkeye Nation at one twenty. So about an hour from now, we'll talk Hawks with John. It's the Ken Miller Show on seventeen hundred KBGG. The big games play here. 
Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. It's that time of the year again. Football is right around the corner. Draft House 50, best spot in Central Iowa to catch your Cyclones, Hawkeyes, and every NFL game. Over 50 TVs, 50 beers on tap, and the best burgers in town. Draft House 50, your place for all things sports. If your basement leaks or floods, or if you have mold, mildew, or a musty smell, call Midwest Basement Systems today to request a free basement waterproofing estimate. As Iowa's premier basement waterproofing and foundation repair contractor, Midwest Basement Systems will send one of their certified basement waterproofing specialists to visit your home and conduct a thorough inspection of your basement's foundation. Are you ready for some barbecue? I'm Big Al, and I'm thankful to announce my second location is now open at the Ramada Inn at Army Post Road and Floor Drive. With two Big Al's locations, there's no reason to miss out on some of the best barbecue in the Des Moines area. I cook all my meat low and slow to make it fall off the bone. Big Al South now offers barbecue brunch buffet on Sundays from 11 to 3. Place your order now for Big Al's to cater your private event. Don't forget the original Big Al's East Side location just 900 feet north of the AE Cows on Humble Avenue. Come eat Southern Style Barbecue cooked by an Asian man on the East Side and now open on the South Side of Des Moines. Big Al's Barbecue. Big Al's Barbecue is this week's sweet deal. Get $50 worth of Big Al's Barbecue gift certificates for only $25. Yep, that's a sweet deal. $50 worth of Big Al's Barbecue certificates for only $25. There's a limited number and they're sure to go fast. So get yours Friday morning at 9 at 1700kbgg.com. Hey, it's Trent Condon here from Jimmy B and TC. If you've been talking and thinking about improving your health, I have an idea for you. Do what I did. Call New Leaf Wellness. My weight had been increasing, my endurance during workouts was waning, and I was just feeling sluggish. New Leaf Wellness put together a program to help me lose weight, improve my energy, and they can do the same for you. Call New Leaf Wellness today at 515-650-1358 to schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. And tell them TC sent you. Every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS, and every 90 minutes, someone passes away from the disease. Help provide support to these families and the ALS Association Iowa chapter by participating in this year's Des Moines Walk to Defeat ALS. The walk takes place on Saturday, October 7th at Principal Park. Registration begins at 8.30 a.m. with the walk beginning at 10. Registration is free at this great family-friendly event. Join the fight against ALS by walking with the ALS Association Iowa chapter on October 7th. Learn more at walktodefeatals.org. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 5 We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Are you in the mood for real, classic, homemade Italian food? Well, I have the spot for you. It's Villaggio. Two locations. The newest location in Urbandale, 2675 100th Street. The original in Norwalk. Classic dishes like cavatelli, spaghetti, lasagna, and vodka rigatoni. Top-notch pizza and awesome sandwiches. A great happy hour and Italian done right. Villaggio. 
At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Kate here with Food Dudes Delivery. Are you tired of the same old delivery options? Food Dudes Delivery can solve that problem for you. We deliver for restaurants that don't do delivery. Order through us at fooddudesdelivery.com. Place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office party tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. Welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. Trent Condon and myself talking uh, local sports with you Monday through Friday, noon until 2 on your radio or favorite listening device. Coming up this hour, Mitch Sherman, ESPN.com. We'll talk Big 12 with Mitch. And then in hour number 2, John Miller will be here, HawkeyeNation.com. Let's get to Zubin Mahente. He joins us. Uh, his Rutgers team, uh, you know, they looked decent in week one, Zubin. Week number two, thought they might take another step forward. Wasn't to be Rutgers. Ouch. That's a tough one. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Eastern had never beaten a Power 5 team. Uh, Rutgers is loosely defined, I guess, as a Power <laughs> 5 team these days. Yeah. Uh, I believe the number had been 0-58. I was just talking to uh, some people back, actually, at the university. I'm trying to... Uh, figure out some sort of scenario where I'm going to go host their Midnight Madness. And we were oh, just nice. sort of talking about, yeah, we were just talking a little bit about, I'm not sure if it's going to work out schedule-wise. It's a very busy time of year, as you guys know, for anybody that's in the sports media. You guys know that as well as anybody, especially on a Friday going into Saturday. But it's one of those things where um, what you want to see is incremental progress. And that doesn't seem like a lot to ask for. And right now that seems like a Herculean task for the school. They probably are in good shape this week, but then it gets tough. They have Ohio State mm. on September 30th. Um, that's a very, I mean, that's the sort of game where I think Ohio State and Michigan, especially Michigan, have looked at that game as to sort of coming into New Jersey and establishing their bona fides. They're not worried about beating Rutgers or what the margin of defeat is even going to be. They just want to do what a lot of people were hoping that was going to be done when Rutgers joined this conference. Everybody talked about the eyeballs and the TV sets, and that's obviously ancient history because nobody really determines anything by that anymore, especially in the mobile world in which we live. But I think a lot of the heavy, heavy hitters, Penn State has always kind of gotten into New Jersey, but places like Ohio State and Michigan really looked at New Jersey and said, small state, 8 million people, has a lot of excellent talent across the board, and Michigan's been able to dip in extremely well. Jabril Peppers was from Michigan, and Ohio State probably is hoping to do uh, the same. So I don't think it's about style points. I don't think it's about bouncing back or any of that sort of stuff. I think a lot of times when these teams go into New Jersey to play this team, it's more about establishing their bona fides and saying, hey, uh, if you don't want to stay in state or you're one of the best players in the country, and obviously nobody in the state of New Jersey would blame any top prep if you decided to go somewhere else at this particular point, why don't you take a look at us? So for Rutgers, like I said, it's just inching forward if it's even possible. But for the other schools in the league, um, it's a double whammy for Rutgers because now any chance of them having their best guy stay, I mean, I can't blame a kid if Jim Harbaugh rolled into my school or Urban Meyer rolled into my school or James Franklin rolled into my school. Or Spencer Knight at his house. 
yeah, right, or sleeps over his house or climbs his tree or, you know, goes out for a glass of milk with him. You know, but it's different. If Kirk Ferentz rolls into your living room, no matter where you live in Iowa, you're probably going to listen. If you're in the western part of the state and Coach Riley rolls into your house in Sioux City or out there, in Wars, you're going to listen. Or, you know, um, and, you know, if you're a cyclone and Matt Campbell comes into your house, you're going to listen. At least all of those guys can capture a room, especially Kirk Ferentz can capture a room with the obvious black and gold tint to the state. But for Rutgers, it's extremely impossible. I mean, it's impossible for them even to be in that scenario. It's, it's going to be a very, very long climb. And the other thing I would say, Maryland is getting quicker Boy. much, much faster. This is very close to the way it was when Utah and Colorado first joined the Pac-12. Utah looked like they should have been there the entire time. Now, Colorado has certainly made up some ground here under Coach McIntyre in the last couple of years. But now that's a neck-and-neck neck race. But if you are basically going to be judged of the team that you were brought in with, with what Maryland's doing right now, Rutgers is clearly the 14th team in a 14-team league, and there's no argument about yeah, that. Yeah, it's indisputable. Zubin, I know on Saturday morning you handed off uh, to the Cyhawk coverage. Uh, you, oh, yeah. you, 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 you covered it a bunch when you, when you lived in Des Moines. I hope, you were, I hope your schedule allowed you to catch a significant part of that game as it was unfolding. Uh, Zubin, it's being talked about around here as maybe the best edition of Cyhawk ever. Um, I mean, the latest is always the greatest. At least it seems that way. But maybe it is this time. Maybe it clearly is this time. Your thoughts on Cyhawk 2017? Well, I would use you as a barometer just to bring people behind the curtain, if you will. As I was watching the game, I actually texted Ken and I said, toward the end of the game, I think right when it was over, like maybe like a minute after it was over or less, I texted Ken and I said, top five? And immediately Ken texted back one word, absolutely. And you've seen a lot of those games, Ken, since you've lived there since the 90s. And obviously, Trent, you've seen a ton of games too, obviously having grown up and being a proud member of the state. And to me, I haven't seen the sample size you guys have seen, but to me it was just a great example of what the rivalry can be. Because I think when we went to that game, we signed off right at noon to go. And I think Benetti called it with Stauffer, if I'm not You're mistaken. Right. Yep. I think it was those two guys. And we, we, what we try to do when we go to a game on ESPN2 now, uh, for our show here, and we'll run 9 to 12, is we take a live look at every stadium. So we took a live look at Lamar warming up against the Tar Heels. We took a live look of Northwestern and Duke. We took a live look of, I think it was Cincinnati and Michigan was on ABC. And then the best, and the last one was, you know, the game we were obviously tossing to. Here you go, enjoy the Skyhawks. And a large portion of the audience, I don't think really had any idea of what kind of rivalry it is. It certainly helped that in sort of a boring early window, it ended up being by far the most exciting game and got a lot of attention. But there's just something to the notion, and I said this the other day, there's something to the notion that when we toss to the game, and I, my first game there, 2001, Northern Iowa, took on Iowa State, Jack Trice Stadium. This is Seneca Wallace's first game. So that's how long ago this was. This is about 16 years ago. And when I see the difference between that game, where the crowd interest was great, I mean, the fan base has always been tremendous. I mean, tremendous. And I saw what I saw in that field, bowled in, packed, and the visuals. I wasn't even there. But to just sort of look at the way things have woven themselves for Iowa State. I know the winds haven't been there, but I was just super impressed with the visuals. And as for Iowa, I think I mentioned this yesterday with Trent. I think they found their quarterback. Now, as I told Trent yesterday, had Paul Crisp been the coach at Wisconsin in Instead of Gary Anderson, I'm not sure mm. if you get Nathan Stanley. I'm not sure. I think that's been said that Chris was a little bit different. Chris was at Pittsburgh at the time, and Gary didn't really look at him. 
but had it been different, but that's a, you know, that's a huge hypothetical coach. You guys are in a different co- co- coach. Ferentz has been around for so long that you don't think about coach hopscotching, but I think it would have been a little bit different had coach Chris been there, because I think this guy probably would have stayed in the state, but to think that Ken, you could have three more years with this guy. I think that looks great for Iowa. I really do. So, Zubin, uh, the question here across the state from Hawkeye Nation is, is game day coming to town? All right, talk to the bosses over there. Give us the official word. Is game day going to be in Iowa City a week from Saturday? It's still a week-to-week situation. Obviously, this week, as you know, it was an easy one to kind of look at and say, um, Louisville, Clemson, Clemson, Louisville. That's after last year's game, especially. But everything is totally up in the air on a week-to-week uh, basis. I know they generally start to think about it always in advance. Uh, there's always some secret locations. I'm not going <laughs> to tip you off, but I think this year you're going to see, and I can't tell you anymore, I think you're going to see a location for the show that you'll be very surprised at, but pleasantly surprised at. Um, I don't exactly know when that's going to be. It possibly could coincide with Penn State and Iowa, but uh, that could be in play as well. Wow. So they're always looking at those situations. When you see that one announced, like I said, I can't tell you, when you see that one announced, you'll say, oh, how about that? Um, so it's that's what's it's very different meant. for this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You will be, as soon as you hear it, and I think it'll come somewhat soon, um, I think you'll, you'll kind of know it, and the next time we talk and it gets revealed, we'll be able uh, to discuss it. But I think it would be awesome, and I think to me, for Iowa, that's just a gigantic litmus test game because I think there was a point where you looked at it and you said, you know, look, Ohio State and Michigan, and at this particular point, mm. um, and I said this yesterday, I don't want to be too redundant here, Trent, sorry, but I'm going to make sure Ken's audience hears this one. Mm-hmm. When we did a top 10 of college football players, ESPN ranked like the top 100, and they revealed the final 25 in one particular story, and there's only one school in the top 10, Ken, that had multiple players in the top 10. The number one individual player was Derwin Jones, okay? But in terms of the top 10, there's only one school that had multiple players, and it was not Ohio State or Alabama or USC. It was Penn State. Mm. It had Saquon Barkley. And I think McSorley, some eyebrows are raised. McSorley was actually number 10, which I think some people would probably quibble with, and I wouldn't argue with you if you did, but we had 19 people vote on it. Um, And that, to me, just goes to show you the power of Penn State. Always remember it. James Franklin could go to back-to-back bowl games with Vanderbilt with what he was up against down there. Imagine what he could do now. And I think there was a lot of people that thought maybe him and Christian Hackenberg didn't work out. But to me, I think it's more going on to have shown in the NFL that was probably more on Christian Hackenberg than it was on James Franklin. I just think this guy has been able to show over the years that he could do more with less, and now what can you do when you give him all of the capabilities? I think it's, I think it's stunning. Him, Meyer, and Harbaugh – and we'll wait to see if D'Antonio can get back. To, right? I'm not quite sure. But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a Harbaugh-Meyer thing. I think it's Harbaugh-Meyer-James Franklin. Mm. So you're saying if Iowa takes care of business against North Texas, game day's coming? <laughs> if I had any sort of sway, which I don't, <laughs> I would love to see it. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think we had discussed yesterday as well, that game would be under the lights. And that's a pretty special environment yep. under the lights at Kinnick Stadium. You guys don't need to hear me say that. I think you all know that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Zubin, uh, I want to go back to the game that game day was at last Saturday. Did you learn more about Ohio State or more about Oklahoma when you, when you were watching uh, that game unfold on Saturday night? Oklahoma. I had an opportunity to speak with Lincoln Riley when he came here. The thing that really stuck out to me is just how calm somebody like that is. So, for example... 
Matt Campbell, I probably have to be a few years older because I think Riley's the youngest coach in the FBS. When I talked to Matt Campbell, what jumped off the screen and what I loved, and we discussed this when, he, when I was on during the summer, just full of energy and why not us, but let's be realistic. Let's try to get to a bowl. Let's just win some consistent, let's get some consistent winning. But the energy was there. Like you could just sense this was a guy that was just full of life and optimistic and just raring to go. As you might imagine, a guy at that age would be in charge of a Power 5 program, even if he was coming off a three-win season. Like, always seeing the bright side, knowing this is a long-term build, he's got the support of his athletic director. He seems like your prototypical guy that would be in the situation that he is in. Not sullen, but always looking at the bright side. Lincoln Riley was incredibly subdued, yet confident. Um, and it was very notable because this was a guy that was taking over, with all due respect to Matt Campbell, I mean, replacing, you know, who he replaced and replacing Bob Stoops are two completely different things. But he just seems so at ease with the situation. And I understand you're sitting in a TV studio. There's really nothing at stake here. But it really just went to show how at ease he is. When I see Tom Herman at these press conferences and his intensity and this and that, and like all these guys, and I see this guy and how laid back he was. Um, I, there was something about him that stuck, and I think there's something to be said for. He's 34, but he's basically spent almost half of his life, guys, think about this. He's 34, and he's basically spent half of his life as an assistant, right? Because as soon as we said, you're not going to play for me at about 19 years old, but I want you to be a coach, if you're talking he's 34, he's spent about 15 years in coaching. That's a long time for somebody to spend at a major college-level coaching um, when you're only 34 years old. So, I, you know, the big game for them, the Bedlam game is actually in November. We were looking it up the other day. It's in Stillwater. And then, obviously, with the return of this Big 12 title game, they could meet again. And to me, that could be one of the most exciting games of the year, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, especially after what I've seen uh, for both. And I think you can make a reasonable argument. Everybody's going to be on the Mayfield train right now. But you can make an argument that if you go quarterback, wide receiver, coach, Oklahoma State might be a little better. I mean, it sounds crazy after everything Baker did last week, um, but I really think that could end up being one of the huge tipping point games. Generally, we wait a little bit longer to get there, but I think that one in Stillwater could just have gigantic implications, especially as far as the Big 12 goes, because it just seems like those two teams are clearly a cut above. I like what I've seen from Texas Christian, I like what I've seen from West Virginia to an extent, but I just, in terms of trying to get to the playoffs, I think those two might be able to hash it out in a de facto title game that day and then maybe meet again. Uh, Zubin, last thing for you. We've got a minute left, and you know I don't like to put you in bad spots regarding the company. I, I have to ask you about Sergio Dip last night. I think the I think America fell in love with this guy. He's kind of like Ken Bonin, his red sweater back at the you know the debates, and and this is clearly more than 15 minutes of fame. At least we hope it, it is. Um, Zubin, even you know his worst moment turned out maybe it's going to turn out to be something that really propels him. Where do where do you go with uh, with what's next for him? I just think in situations like that, it, it doesn't even have to be on TV. It could be anything. It could be you talking to your kid. It could be your kid talking to a parent. It could be it could be anything. Everything is how you react to it today and handle the aftermath. Sometimes the aftermath is almost more important than what's going on in the moment. And I think he handled that really well on social media, and I think that will certainly help him out. I've, I've always thought, you know, when you're in the moment, you guys have been there when the lights are on and 
you got to talk about this, and a caller calls up, and you're like, wow, where did that come from? And we're live on the radio. You just have to be able to react because at the end of the day, when you go talk to your boss or you go talk to your fellow listeners, they're going to want to know what you did to try to enhance the situation. And I think a lot of times when you're right in the middle of it, it's very difficult to sort of gauge where you're at. But I think right now, because we live in such an instant reaction society where everybody is just a click away or a thumb away or a text away from weighing in, it's crucial to be able to handle it well in the immediate aftermath. Because how often do you hear in the immediate aftermath someone does something in life, not even just in TV, you do something in life in the immediate aftermath and you immediately regret it, right? Because you did it out of spite, you did it out of anger, you did it out of impulsiveness. But we live in a world now where you have to be able to, in the moment that it happens and afterwards, compartmentalize and do the right thing. Like I said, you're sometimes gauged more on the post-game reaction if you're a coach then you're in-game coaching. Fair and that's point. how I would extrapolate it, right? You have to handle it right all the way through. And I think from that perspective, he did about as well as he could have. I couldn't agree with you more, Zubin. I think that I think he's got a bunch of people rooting for him going forward, no doubt. Zubin, great stuff as always. We'll catch you next week. Thank you, Zubin Mahente. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Zubin Mahente uh, joining us here. Quick time out. We went along with Zubin, uh, Mitch Sherman, ESPN.com, into the Big 12. We go. I think Zubin makes a great point. How he handled it. Yes. He made the same point earlier. Yeah, he, he handled it incredibly well. Sergio we're talking about, not Zub. Zubin did good, too. He did, yes. He did well, too. But and I'll be rooting for Sergio. I think I will be, too. Yeah. He's got a lot of fans out there. Uh, Mitch Sherman next on the Big 12. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. The Kansas City Chiefs play here. 1700 KBGG. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian Restaurant. Like all of you out there, Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. 
He would flip-flop all night long, wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or feel like he needed a nap, even though he'd slept eight hours. When Mike invented MyPillow, he wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. Mike does all of his own manufacturing right here in the United States and offers a 10-year warranty. You could wash and dry my pillow and don't forget there is a 60-day money back guarantee and here's their best offer ever for a limited time go to mypillow.com or call 800-951-4694 and use promo code Des Moines to take advantage of Mike's four-pack special you'll get 50% off two my pillow premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows and free shipping in this tight labor market finding new employees can be tough whether you're the business owner or an HR professional, you want access to highly qualified candidates fast. More than 3 million businesses use Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Whether you need entry-level or highly skilled employees, no matter the industry, with Indeed you get immediate access to a high-quality pool of talent with no long-term contracts or upfront fees. For a limited time, Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to make their first job listing a sponsored job with premium visibility so more candidates will see it. You want to make a great hire fast, and this exclusive offer gives you a head start. Independent research shows six times more hires are delivered through Indeed than any other job site, making Indeed your one-stop source for hiring. To redeem this offer, go to Indeed.com offer. That's Indeed.com offer. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. Are you sick of the same old tired lunches, leftovers, bad drive through options? Food Dudes Delivery has your answer. Food Dudes delivers for restaurants that don't offer delivery all across the Des Moines metro. Order online at fooddudesdelivery.com and get out of the lunch rut today with Food Dudes Delivery. Place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. That's fooddudesdelivery.com. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. Local sports on your radio, noon until 2 every Monday through Friday, or your favorite listening device. Podcasts are up after the show as well. You can find them a couple of places on the 1700 website or on KenMillerShow.com. Let's get to Mitch Sherman. He covers the Big 12, amongst other things, for... Uh, ESPN.com, and he joins us. Mitch, along with Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Thanks for coming on, Mitch. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fine. You know, let's just save the easy one for later, the Oklahoma game. Let me start with Baylor with you. Um, off to an 0-2 start. Losses to Liberty and UT San Antonio of all schools. Um, obviously, Matt Rule's uh, hill to climb is a little steeper than I think anybody thought it was going to be. Is this a... Is this a season-long thing? Duke just comes off a win off of uh, Northwestern. They're up next on the schedule. Not going to get any easier for Baylor Bears this year. Does it look like that, Mitch? Oh, I think that's that's right on. Uh, no doubt about it. Baylor is making a quarterback change this week, going 
to Zach Smith, who's more of a veteran in the program, was was uh, <clears throat> groomed at Baylor last year, had a nice uh, performance in the bowl game against Boise State. He'll he'll replace a, a new Solomon, the grad transfer from Arizona. But really, I don't I don't think it makes that much of a difference. And to to lose to Liberty and UTSA, there's got to be a lot more going wrong than just some suspect quarterback play. So. Uh, problems appear to, there appear to be problems all over the field and, and, and really throughout the program. I mean, this is, this is a program that has been through the ringer and has put a lot of people unnecessarily through the ringer in that community in, in Waco. So, uh, whatever is happening this year, and, and I, w- I would say it, it looks like this year is somewhat just picking up where Baylor was in the second half of last year when, it started strong, and remember, less than a year ago, Baylor beat Oklahoma State. That seems that seems uh, really far fetched to imagine something like that happening again this year. It it, it, uh, it looks now more likely that the Bears will will finish the year fighting out for the bottom of the league with with Kansas, perhaps. So it, it does. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's realistic. You know, just one more on Baylor. Uh, do, do you see them sinking back to the depth that was Baylor football? You know, in the in the '80s and uh, late '80s into the '90s when they first joined the Big Twelve. I mean, are they going to sink to that depth before they? I mean, and that was as bad as bad can be, as you recall, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about one of the worst teams in major college football, and I, and I, I don't think that that's the long term prognosis for Baylor. Um, I think Matt Rule will will experience some success there. Not not the kind of success, I don't, I don't envision it to be the kind of success that you saw from Baylor in the earlier parts of this decade when they were a, a playoff contender and one of, one of the most exciting offenses in all college football to watch. But I do think because of where Baylor's located, uh, its ability to recruit, the facilities that have been upgraded, uh, and, and you know, Rule, Rule did a nice job last year in, in finishing out that, that recruiting class. It's just, uh, you know, those guys aren't there to help right now. And, and, you know, think back to what happened in that offseason that Art Riles was fired. There was a mass exodus from that team, and it included the class that came in last year and, and played for Jim Grobe as an interim coach. So as those players mature in the program or the, the lack of players in that class mature in the program, you, you know, you're, you're just, you just see a void there. And it's definitely impacting Baylor now. I think we'll continue for the next couple of years, but I do think they'll recover and, and – uh, I don't think their long-term future is is doomed to be the worst team in the Big 12 or one of the worst teams in all of the Power Five. I think they can be a middle-of-the-road team in the Big 12. It's probably their their rightful spot in that state. Well, the Oklahoma win, Mitch, uh, obviously huge for the conference as a whole, but another one kind of flying under the radar. TCU going into Fayetteville, beating Arkansas and beating them handily. That defense looks like it's back. And uh, Gary Patterson, every time he has a down year, he bounces back in a big way. Does that continue in 2017 for the Horn Frogs? It's kind of the Kirk Ferentz of the Big 12. Yeah. Um, when <laughs> when there aren't things expected, uh, you know, look for TCU to be good, and and, uh, and and that that maybe that maybe is a misnomer a little bit this year because I think there was a lot expected, and there is a lot expected of TCU this year, despite the struggles last year and finishing six and seven, um, and really falling apart at times down the stretch. I saw TCU a couple times last year, and. Saw them against Oklahoma State and Fort Worth in November, and it was a hapless offense. Uh, it was a team that was lost as far as as far as uh, what its direction was at that point in the season. So much better to start this year, and and a good sign that TCU was able to get over that that bump against Arkansas and win convincingly in the end. I think it was twenty eight to seven the final after 
Last year's game against the Razorbacks in Fort Worth went down to the wire. You had a field goal blocked. It went overtime. TCU lost that game, and that was maybe a, 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 a foreshadowing of things to come where nothing nothing bounced TCU's way for so many weeks last year. And then at the end of that, in, at the end of the season, that team was beaten down. They had major problems at the quarterback spot. So all of those things appear to be headed in the right direction this year. And it's a team that has a ton of experience and has really, you go position group by position group through the Big 12, one of the more talented teams in the league. So uh, put all that together, and, and yeah, yeah, I think it definitely has a chance to be a, a season where TCU exceeds expectations, and the expectations in Fort Worth probably weren't all that bad to begin with. You may see uh, a team up there competing for, uh, you know, I don't want to say a conference title because those two at the top look really good, but if uh, if one of them are to slip, TCU is definitely a candidate to jump right in along with, uh, I'd say, Kansas State, maybe West Virginia. Uh, where do you go with Texas, Mitch? Uh, two games into the Tom Herman era there, uh, blown out by Maryland, uh, win convincingly over uh whack team in San Jose State. Here comes Sam Darnold or, and, and USC. I guess actually Texas is right. going there. but uh, And then a huge game for both schools, quite frankly, after Iowa State loses in overtime to Iowa. Uh, they need every win they can get to get to six, and that one maybe uh, was one of those ones they'll look back on that uh, they got away. But Texas looms uh, on the 20th. 28th. Where are you with Texas at this point, knowing that it's probably not going to go their way against USC? What have you seen? The quarterback position, Buschel is hurt. Um, do, do they have a chance to be an 8-4 and four team this year, or more looking like that they're going to struggle to get that uh, postseason eligibility? Yeah, I don't see it as an, I don't see Texas as an 8-win team. I saw this as a long fix uh, all along for Tom Herman, even before that Maryland game happened. And I didn't, I didn't envision Maryland winning that game, but just looking at the schedule week by week for Texas, um, you know, this was the one this week going out to USC where you figured reality was going to set in and maybe reality. Well, certainly reality already, already has set in for that program. And the reality is that you don't turn around that program overnight, despite the talent that Charlie Strong left in the cupboard. uh, This isn't the university of Houston where Tom Herman was able to, to steer that ship in the right direction. It's, it's more difficult to take, take a place like Texas that has so many, just so many factors, so many, uh, so many reasons why that program is successful or is not successful. And it's hard for a head coach, I think, in a short period of time to take grasp of the reins and change things in any way, uh, in any way largely positive without doing a lot of work uh, before it, before it gets done. So I see Texas as a team at the end of the year that is much improved and is one that you probably don't want to play. But by that point, I think the ships can have sailed on an eight and four season. Um, certainly I see Texas losing this week. And, you know, you mentioned that, that game uh, coming up on a Thursday night in, in Ames, uh, you know, I take Iowa state in that game right now for I sure. Too. But based on, the way that these two teams have played and, and just knowing what I know about the place that those programs are in. I don't think it's early enough or I don't think it's late enough in the season to expect that Texas will have, uh, will have made the improvement to, to have the ingredients necessary to come into Ames on a Thursday night and win. And that sounds, that maybe sounds a little bit strange when you're talking about Texas, but uh, I, I think that's, that's what we're looking at this year. You mentioned that Iowa State matchup. Uh, Mitch, takeaway from a difficult loss, certainly for Cyclone fans to swallow so close against Iowa, but looks like bright times in the future for Matt Campbell's team, even with that overtime loss to the Hawkeyes. 
Yeah, I don't think it derails Iowa State's goals this year in any way. I mean, if you win that game and, and assuming you beat Akron, um, then, yeah, going into Big 12 play at 3-0 and uh, is, is a much better situation for, for your, your bowl eligibility prospects than having that loss on your, on your schedule. But, uh, and, and maybe out of the gate here, the Big 12 looks like it's better than what people expected, but uh, in, in, at least at the top of the league. Um, so it's not going to be a walk in the park for Iowa State to get to six wins, but I think it can still happen. And clearly that, that game coming up against Texas is, is a huge one, and it's almost a must-win for Iowa State to, uh, I think, to get to that point, unless you're going to expect to have an upset over over one of the Oklahoma schools or TCU or Kansas State, which at this point I, 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 would, I wouldn't count on. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm encouraged by what I saw from the Cyclones, um, the, 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 the ability to finish, you know, clearly isn't quite there yet. Interception uh, that Parker Hesse had in the shadow of the goal line, I know it only led to a field goal for Iowa, but that was a chance for Iowa State to use some clock, put that game away, and not have to worry about overtime or the final minutes of that game. So those are the moments where the Iowa program has been there uh, and experienced how to succeed in tight situations, and Iowa State hasn't yet, and it showed in the final minutes in an overtime of that game. So I think eventually Iowa State under Matt Campbell will get there, um, and I think this year can still be a successful one in Ames. Uh, Mitch, we have 30 seconds left. Power rankings-wise in the conference, did Oklahoma's win over Ohio State uh, create separation in your mind between uh, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma? Where are you power rankings? Best team in the Big 12 is who and by how far? Yeah, I actually wrote the power rankings for the Big Ten this week, so you're probably asking the wrong guy. But uh, I will say that Oklahoma definitely created some separation. You know, going into the year, I had Oklahoma State as the best team in the league, and Oklahoma State maybe as more of a fringe playoff contender than what I saw Oklahoma. Now I see Oklahoma squarely in the playoff and probably as the best team in the league based on the strength of that win Saturday night. But, uh, you know, looking forward very much to November 4th because everything could change when uh, Bedlam, Bedlam Part 1 this year takes place. So, uh you know, hold on to those uh, hold on to those rankings and don't set anything in stone. But right now, the Sooners are on top. And since you did the Big Ten, do you have Iowa as the second best team in the Big Ten West? Um, second best in the Big Ten West. Let's see. I know I had Iowa sixth in the entire league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think, ahead yeah. of Nebraska. Yeah, ahead of Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois, Northwestern for sure. Yeah, clearly the second. We had we had a. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, number two overall in the power rankings in the Big Ten this week, and then Iowa at six is the second best team in the West. Uh, that's totally fair. Agree with you. Uh, thank you, Mitch Sherman. Great to talk to you. Look forward to doing it uh, throughout the season. Appreciate it, Mitch. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you, Mitch Sherman, ESPN.com. Uh, we are done for the first hour of the program. Uh, John Miller, HawkeyeNation.com at one twenty. Vinny Iyer, back to the NFL. Vinny writes for the Sporting News. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. 
At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we don't just show up with a dumpster and trailer in your driveway. We arrive with a business card in hand, ready to take care of your home. Whether it's a simple roof repair, a complete re-roofing project, or a new construction project, Wolf Construction can handle the job. Call Wolf Construction at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. We're a roofing machine. Walk to prevent suicide. Join the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and participate in an out-of-the-darkness community walk. Register for a walk near you at outofthedarkness.org. Suicide takes an enormous toll on families, friends, co-workers, and entire communities. Walk to raise awareness. Walk to raise funds for research, education, advocacy, and programs to support people impacted by suicide. Walk to save lives. Go to outofthedarkness.org today. Guys don't really talk about antiperspirant. Despite that, 91% of Dove Men Plus Care users recommend it. Here's what they said. It blocks the, you know, perspiration, I think is the fancy word. It's comfortable. Uh, it smells nice. My girl likes the smell. Well, it's, it, I, I don't, uh, it's hard. I think it's quite masculine. Uh, my underarms aren't the worst thing at the gym. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam from my armpits, I guess. Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant. Tough on sweat, not on skin. This is Charles Osgood. Tax compliance can be a real pain for businesses. That's why I'd like to tell you about Avalara's powerful tax automation technology. Avalara simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax rate calculations and automatic return filing. Avalara's software already integrates with your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems, so it couldn't be easier. Find out how the good people at Avalara can help you at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Getting your flu shot at Walgreens is easier than ever. Just walk right in, and there's no cost to you with a $0 copay with most insurance. Plus, when you get a flu shot, you help provide a life-saving vaccine to a child in need through the UN Foundation. Swing by your local Walgreens anytime to get a flu shot and help make a difference. Get a shot, give a shot. It's that easy. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy. Through August 31st, 2018, for every immunization given, Walgreens will donate $0.22 up to $2 million. Vaccine restrictions apply. Talk to your pharmacist to learn more. With 20% back in rewards on color copies from Staples, you can run your business with confidence. The confidence to leave behind presentations that customers will read, not recycle. The confidence to produce color manuals that'll keep your business in the black. The confidence that your financial forecast will no longer be partly cloudy. Show off your business in full color for less at Staples. Now get 20% back in rewards on color presentations, manuals, and copies. Staples, it's pro time. Visit staples.com.